Welcome everyone to Storytelling Podcast Week and our November Roundtable hosted by Motsi Doppel and Reg Helly of the High Nye Podcast with Lauren Shippen of Atypical Artists and Brigham Snow talking all about the latest season of The Bright Sessions, The College Tapes. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction podcasts across the world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel for free. Download the Podbean app and follow the Storytelling Podcast Week channel to receive notifications in real time when we go live. Listen to our exclusive episodes and to replay all of the live streams from all of our events. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this session, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And now we'll hand it off to our hosts of this live episode, Motsi Doppel and Reg Helly of the High Night Podcast. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome Hi. as well. <laughs> Hi again, Norma. Yeah, great. Yeah, great to be here. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Brigan. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you guys. So nice. yeah, yeah. So just to start things off, so I'm Reg Helly, mm-hmm. and I'm Motsi Dapu. and we're the creators of the High Night Podcast. It's a supernatural fiction podcast about a Filipina immigrant who solves supernatural mysteries in Toronto. And joining us today are, as Norma introduced them, Lauren Shippen and Brigham Snow. Although I think Lauren Shippen, um, she just I think her, yeah, <laughs> she just not hear anyone. Okay. It's nice to connect, guys. Thanks. She heard like she heard like ten seconds of us talking and was like, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I'm back and I can hear everything now. Hello, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I don't know yeah. what happened. Everything sounded fine for the first like minute, and then it just decided not to not to work anymore. So so sorry about that. Hopefully, hopefully it will not happen again. Fingers crossed. Okay. Well, you sound you sound great. You both sound great. So yeah. So Lauren Shippen and Brigham Snow of the Bright Sessions and the new season, the College Tapes. So yeah. Do you get like do you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell us um, yeah like a little bit of what your podcast is about. Absolutely. Um, I can I can start us off. So I'm I'm Lauren Shippen. I am a podcast creator, writer, producer. Kind of wear all hats in the in the fiction space. And six years ago, I started a podcast called The Bright Sessions, which is about people with supernatural abilities in therapy. And that ran for four seasons, and then um, we did two spinoffs, sort of within the universe. Um, in sort of in the past couple of years um, through my company, Atypical Artists, which Brigham helped me found. And the the most recent spinoff in the last season of the show, uh, season seven of the show, is a show called The College Tapes, which is about two of the characters, Caleb and Adam, in college as they reconnect um, from high school and deal with a weird... A supernatural cult at Yale, and Brigan. Um, well, I'll let Brigan introduce himself, but was heavily involved in that show. <laughs> I was like running out of stuff to be able to introduce. So, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Brigan Snow. Uh, I'm an actor, writer. Uh, Lauren sort of uh, 
threw me into this world when she uh, she uh, created the Bright Sessions and invited me to join and play the role of Caleb. Um, I acted throughout that series. And then uh, as the college tapes uh, happened, uh, I played Caleb in that, but also ended up writing on the show, which was super, super fun. And now I act and write in the space and uh, yeah, have a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, you guys, for that uh, great introduction. By the way, I'm particular. Like, uh, this is, I think, like our third time me and Motsi, um hosting a roundtable like this, and I'm particularly excited for this one because the Bright Sessions is the first fiction podcast I ever got into. Oh yay! Oh, I love hearing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, uh, like a like a few years ago, like a handful of years ago, when I first got into podcasting, and yeah, when I found I found out last month we were doing this, my mind was blown, and my mind is still blown. <laughs> it's a little surreal. I'm talking to Sam and Caleb. <laughs> that is yeah, and yeah. yeah, Reg is a huge fan and. We did like we did mention that um we've done like a, a couple of these before, mm-hmm. but you guys are actually the first the first fiction podcasters that we've talked to in in this kind of roundtable, like not including you know the first time we all met um, oh, yeah, yeah. In, during the actual week. Oh, yeah, awesome. um, and I guess like this kind of like leads into our next question because we you know we've got some some questions, but um basically like if you guys have any like ex- like any thoughts on this. What do you think is like a big difference or at least like something you can talk about with regards to the difference between uh, fiction podcasts and what I call talking heads podcasts or like interview podcasts? Because, you know, there's a big like not like big community and even market around both, but they're very different in the way that they're done. I think, I mean, for me, I think that the biggest difference is just scale. Um, You know, we in the past, in, in just my time in podcasting since 2015, the podcasting audience has grown so significantly. You know, I think now it's at the last count was 70% of um, American adults listen to some form of, of podcast at some point in, during their week. And, you know, that's that's a much bigger piece of the entertainment pie than it was six years ago, but it's still not, you know, the, the percentage of people that listen to music or watch television, right? It's still sort of climbing its way up into being a, a major factor in the U.S. entertainment space. And fiction podcasting is an even smaller portion of that. And so I think that it's always kind of felt like a like a small small village to me, the community, both in, in the creator side and the listener side, which is really, really lovely. Um, and I think that the other part of the, the scale question for me is just the fact that, you know, a lot of my favorite, you know, talking shows or, or even – nonfiction shows that are are more involved and take a, a, a you know huge amount of, of producing and, and scripting and things like that tend to have more episodes a year than my favorite fiction shows just because of the sort of logistics of making a fiction show usually means you know fewer episodes per season and, and fewer seasons that are farther in between um not to say that you know making a nonfiction podcast is is any easier or anything like that but it's just sort of a different um time time scale that you're dealing with i think 
I totally get that. And also, like, I met somebody recently, and when I said, when I told them we had a podcast, and we told them it was a scripted podcast, or, like, a fiction one, they were like, I've never heard of a fiction podcast before. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah, me even all in, the time. <laughs> even mm-hmm. in podcast spaces. I remember being at, like, podcast yeah. movements and saying, yeah, fiction podcasts, and people there were like, what is that? So what is it's, that? Uh, you know? <laughs> right. You gotta write a script? Yeah. <laughs> like, every time I mention like I'm in a podcast, <laughs> everyone assumes I'm on, like, a talk show podcast and then then i have to Mm -hmm. go into the whole explanation of what a fiction podcast is i already have like a prepared script at this point (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like all fiction podcasts (laughs) a prepared script Um, i'm consistent i i I rarely have to explain what a podcast is anymore in the early days that's true i I had to do a lot of work on explaining what a podcast yeah Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. At this point, that's like half the work at at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we finally got yeah. to that yeah. point where podcasts are the big thing, which is good. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, before we uh, before we continue, so um, I just want to welcome our listeners and um, yeah, just invite them to the chat. Uh, let us know, let us know if you have any questions. We'll get to them, or you know, just show some love on the chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can sound off also like where you're listening from. Yep. And Caribou, I love that name, by the way. I just got it when I said it, said it out loud. Caribou <laughs> says, everyone I know listens to True Crime Podcasts. More love for fiction, please. I agree. But also, I also get the uh, big love for True Crime Podcasts for sure. Um, yeah. So an- another question we wanted to ask, uh, if, yeah, kind of just like letting it flow a little bit, is... Um, how how did it come to be? How did your pod like you have yeah. such both of you have such storied careers now? I was looking at your um, profiles and your IMDb's and I was just like, oh, look at all those names! But right, um, <laughs> like oh my gosh, they have so look at all much those titles. Work. Um, it's and, the it's the big dog meme versus the sad tiny dog meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true, but yeah, um, and I was wondering like. Um, you guys I'm sure you guys have like told this story maybe a couple times but um how did you guys um start out like what did it look like at the very beginning of I guess the bright sessions the bright sessions yeah or your careers essentially yeah I mean I it really started as 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 an experiment like I I think that that's sort of the the classic cliche of of starting a podcast of uh, you know yourself is that you just do it for love and fun and and if you're lucky it grows into something bigger than you expected and that's essentially what happened um I Brigham and I were in an acting class together and I was wanting to write something for myself and maybe a couple of other people that I could sort of produce end to end and cast, you know, Brigham and Julia and Anna in the first season, and, and we made it, you know, for basically, you know, pizza um, yeah. was, the, was the payment. <laughs> um, and then I, I spent a couple months, or yeah, like two months, sort of post producing and editing the whole thing, and trying to learn sound design and then composing the theme and kind of putting it all together, figuring out RSS feeds. And then launched it with absolutely no fanfare because if anybody has ever published a, a podcast, you know, it's like you just sort of hit publish on an RSS feed and then it takes like a couple days to show up in places. So <laughs> it, it feels very anticlimactic. Um, but we, we had such a good time doing it that I just sort of kept writing more. And, and, and by the time that we were midway through season two, 
beginning of, of 2016, it, it, it was starting to, to pick up steam in an interesting way. Um, there was and that, like, that, that whole time is a kind of a blur to me. So I feel like bringing you out of a better Well, I was, <laughs> was going to say, because I, I don't know if I know this, but th- there was never a guarantee that we would go past the first season. Because I remember like, no. yeah. I remember having conversations with Julia, sort of just the two of us and being like, you know, I, we're having fun. I hope, I hope Lauren <laughs> continues it. And, and I think we always got the vibe that you were like, yeah, maybe it's just one season and then it's done. But what, did that... When did that actually change for you? Because I don't even think we ended up picking up steam or even getting like fan art until like season two. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. But no, that's that's yeah. absolutely correct. I remember it was March 2016. That I saw the first fan art on Instagram <laughs> of all places, which was I don't know like why I was searching the Bright Sessions hashtag on Instagram because that's not something I've like done since that time period. I think I was just so desperate for any kind of feedback that I was like, I don't know, maybe people on Instagram were talking about it. Um, and funnily enough, there was a, a piece of fan art and I cried. Um, oh. But yeah, I, I, I wrote the first nine episodes that sort of first season, which, you know, I think looking back on it now, it doesn't really feel like a contained first season and the sort of the scope of the, the show. Um, I think actually, funnily enough, like episode 10 kind of feels like the, the end of the first season, the first episode that, that Damien appears in. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of tried to make the, the first season as, as contained as I I could which you know hindsight is 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 2020 right like it's not contained at all like there's so much stuff that it's like and you know and tune in next season for for this the conclusion to this thing because you don't actually really figure anything out in those first nine episodes but i i figured like okay well you know if nobody listens to this at all or the actors don't want to do it past the first season like it won't really matter if this is unsatisfying because no one will have found it. And so it, you know, I'll, I'll have learned something and, and, and gained experience and maybe can look at something else down the line. Um, but I think it was really probably my last recording session with Julia. I don't remember what episode we were recording, Pro- probably, you know, one of the Sam episodes, just the two of us. And she was kind of asking me about like what, you know, what I was thinking in terms of like what Dr. Bright's secret agenda was, because that's not something that gets established until, you know, mid season two. Um, and I started to talk to her about it. And I just, I started getting so excited about like the ideas that were kind of brewing in the back of my mind in the first season. And her, you know, she was really excited. And, you know, she showed up on the first day of recording with a binder of like the <laughs> scripts and a Dr. Bright biography that she had written and was just like so like, committed and into it and and everybody was and it was just it was so fun that that I kind of couldn't like stop the train after a certain point because I was just like well I have I have all these ideas and I have to tell the story now and uh you know and I remember sitting in an acting class and um Charlie Ian who plays Damien um, was also in the acting class with us, with me, Brigham and Julia, and a bunch of other cast members, Andrew Nowak and Philip Jordan and, <laughs> and Alana Fox. Um, and Charlie was doing a scene, and I, I don't remember exactly what the, what the scene was, but Julia and I are both sitting in the front row of class, and we sort of lean forward to look down the road at each other, and we make eye contact, and we just lean back, and it was that moment of like, this is Damien. Like, I hadn't even written the episode <laughs> yet. And I was like, now I, we found him, and he has to be in the show now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first episode of season two. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's very A plus casting for Damien. Well, the whole the whole cast actually, like everyone, everyone really brings like something amazing to the character. 
And um, and by the way, uh, Caleb is my favorite boy. So just throwing that out there. He's the best boy. I actually, yeah, I think I remember when we first had the chat um, and Reg wasn't, wasn't able to host at the time, but she was in the chat and I think the same um, the same thing. It's like Caleb is her favorite boy. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Just have now to keep putting that other. out there. <laughs> yeah. So the college tape. So this is a spinoff series to the Bright Sessions. So yeah, like tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what gave you the idea to start the spinoff series? Like, why did you think it was important to? to continue um, Caleb and Adam's uh, story story together. Well, Brigham, do you remember the first time we talked about like the seed of the idea of the college tapes? Because I sort of remember when I first had the idea, but I'm curious how far back you remember us talking about it. You know, I feel like, and maybe th- maybe this is revisionist history or I'm like sure. conflating some conversations, but like I do remember talking about the Caleb Adam spinoff, like even during, or maybe even just before the AM archives. And like, I feel like during that recording, we were already having conversations and there was no promise of like making it because we weren't sure if we were going to be able to, but I just remember, uh, I remember like what was going on in my head and the ideas that I had, but I don't think you ever like shared exactly what the story was going to be. Um, until we were like getting into it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I was pretty annoying throughout the the run of the bright sessions about not sharing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <was> I, <laughs> I, I like to keep you guys sort of like on the hook of like I don't know, maybe who knows what's gonna happen? Who knows? Oh my gosh, I remember um, always trying to get an answer out of you because I'd call you up randomly, <laughs> even in the development of the college tapes, and I'd have an idea like randomly in the car, and I'd call you immediately, be like, "Oh, what if Caleb did this?" And you're like, "Yeah, that's cool." And then it would turn out that you had like already had that idea or something, <laughs> like it was already brewing well but i think a lot of that i think a lot of that stuff came from so i remember first sort of having the 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 inkling of the college tapes in 2017 i was watching scum which is this norwegian tv show where they like released it in real time it's it's about high school and and also had like character instagrams and things like that and I, i remember watching that and being like it would be very very cool to do something like this someday and then as we were heading into season four of the bright sessions i was like hmm, it'd be cool to do something. Maybe like, I know the show's ending this season, but maybe in a couple of years, like we could do something around Caleb and Adam in college. Cause like, I kind of have this idea about what their future life is going to be like. And then, you know, I think sort of six months after that point, Luminary approached me about the Bright Sessions and I, and I was like, oh, actually, well, it's ending. So you can't license the show, but like I have some ideas for some spinoffs. Um, but I, I, I think... And again, like this, to your point, it might be revisionist history, but I feel like the college shapes idea actually sort of like came into my head before, before the AM archives even did, because you and I spend so much time in making the bright sessions talking about Caleb's ability and yeah. talking about sort of the way that he was developing a, his relationship to it and how that might change over time. And then obviously the relationship between Caleb and Adam. And so I think that like, for you and me, we really wanted to tell the story because we really wanted to sort of meet these characters in a different stage in their lives. Yeah. When they'd sort of gotten to a degree of stability with both of their struggles and and what it looks like to kind of throw a spanner in, in the works of that stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and um, 
I kind of, I, I always, I, I found it really relatable when you said like um, you had so many ideas kind of just like <laughs> to add on and to like think about when, when, even though when you started out, you wanted it to be contained because mm-hmm. now you've got like, you've got all these seasons, you've got a spinoff, you've got books, you know, yeah. that's like, that's not contained. No. <laughs> um, but that does like, that's how it yeah. kind of grows. Yeah. Um, just kind of in a, in a little bit related to that, um, when we started out, we were like, we'll do two seasons. Each season will have 20 episodes and mm-hmm. that's it. And that has not happened. That is not going to happen. Um, <laughs> there were, there was a villain that like grew into a major villain, um, like, it was just a throwaway monster of the week that became a major villain like halfway Incredible. through the season and we had to write around that. So that, yeah, like the, but you know, it's the it's, joys. It's so podcasting. interesting. It's like not white knuckling any sort of cre- preconceived notions you might have, like not putting a, a number amount on it necessarily mm-hmm. and just seeing where it goes, but also knowing when to, you know, let it, let it be as well, which I think was really, really hard with, at at least for all of us with the bright sessions, like knowing that, okay, Lauren wants to end it here and she's probably right, you know, ended at a really good spot. And this was before, you know, we were talking about the spinoff. So I think, I I think, yeah, you, you come into this with sort of ideas of how many you want to do and what stories you want to tell, but the creativity kind of takes over and the story kind of dictates what it needs to be to you. I feel Mm -hmm. like, uh, so that's really great that you guys yeah. you know, are, are still plugging away. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, pretty much. I think it works in both directions sorry, too. Cause like, I, I, I don't wonder if you guys will experience this as you sort of, as you go along and, and cause I think that I totally understand that experience of like, all right, here it is. And then you get into it and you're like, Hmm, I'm going to need at least 40 more episodes to, <laughs> to wrap this <laughs> oh, up. God, we and, absolutely. And, and, yeah. Exactly. And then that. <laughs> maybe, maybe 60, maybe 80, maybe, you know, like three or four more seasons. And I, I remember when I was writing season two of the bright sessions, I was like, all right, it's going to be a five season show because every <laughs> show that I've ever loved that has ended well has been five seasons that hasn't outstayed its welcome. And that like, you know, like and some of them have, have been canceled before their time, but like after five seasons, there's sort of a steep decline in, in storytelling. And <laughs> should so have ended at five seasons. Exactly. <laughs> I really expected it to be five seasons. And then I was writing season four and I was just sort of like, or I was, I was even outlining it and I was like, huh, I guess actually it's going to end here. Um, at, at least like this particular iteration of, of the Bright Sessions, because I sort of was, you know, finding the shape of my own storytelling and finding the the pacing of of these character arcs. And so it actually like, it both went longer than I expected to when I started it, but then ended earlier than I expected when I was in the middle of it, if that <laughs> makes sense. Um, and, and so, yeah, Brigitte, you're totally right. It's like, you have to follow the shape of the story and, and what it's dictating from you and, yeah. and kind of what it needs from you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think that's uh, one of the great things about a writing fiction, anything really, is just just finding that the story just evolves as you come along mm-hmm. uh, with the story, like as you get to know the characters more. Like you think at the start of writing that you already know the characters pretty much, and then even as you're writing the characters, even like in the middle of a season, like you start to know more about them. Especially when the, especially when you already have like actors and the whole cast like bringing them to life, and then they add like new new shades and new colors to this character that you thought you already knew so well. Mm-hmm. And one of the 
uh, one of the things we also have is we have a small, like a Discord community, a small but growing one. Everyone on there is ve- has been very lovely, and they give us ideas too. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of a lot of their input, like also influences where the story goes. Mm-hmm. And it's also yeah. really relatable what Brigan says, like what Brigan said when he just uh, calls or messages you randomly, like a, with an idea that he has. Because Motsi does that a lot. So Motsi is the Motsi is I the have main the finale creator. ten thousand times. Yeah, Motsi is the main creator and writer of the show, and I pretty much got. Uh, she, I pretty much got wrangled into this whole high and high podcast. Start by like ba- this. Our podcast basically started out with Motsi telling me her idea and my role in all of her creative projects is her, her sounding board, basically. <laughs> yeah, and now, yeah, and now, and there's been so many moments of because because um, I'm calling in from the Philippines, so Ma- and Motsi lives in Toronto, so we're on different time zones. Mm-hmm. There's been so many times where she messages me at three in the morning, and then I wake up, and the first the first sentence I see in like the the notification preview is like, "Oh, I have a great idea for." Oh, I have a great idea for this character for this episode, and I'm like, oh no, we're gonna change the finale again, aren't we? <laughs> change the finale again, and um, I think my story. favorite. We're gonna like, add like ten line. more episodes. I already yeah, seen. exactly. <laughs> and I think my favorite opening line to Reg was, "Don't get mad," but <laughs> I'm changing yeah. this. <laughs> you say it. You say the best it thing like, to say to your collaborator. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you say it like that's only happened once. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's yeah, that's the fun of like collaborating. And I think like it's beautiful to see how things progress. And I think, you know, like barring being completely influenced by fans, because that's never a good thing. I think like having people who are looking at your podcast in a different way, especially if it's like a small community, is, is like having another collaborator. It's like somebody looking at this and saying, this is actually really interesting. And you're like, you're right. That is really interesting. Let me think about that. And it happened. um, Yeah. And the way you look at it is so different because like, I remember when we first did our first episode and we were like, we hope people like it. And then the first reaction we got was, it's actually really terrifying. And why did you make (laughs) me listen to this? (laughs) We had no idea. We had no idea. It was scary. It changes a little bit because when we were first making, you know, the the first nine episodes, no one was watching, like no Mm -hmm. one was paying attention to us. And then when people start to notice and you start to get maybe some, some bigger folks in the community, maybe like amplifying it, uh, your first reaction is, you know, the instinct is to be like, oh, you, you you know, play to that. Now people are paying attention. There's, there's added pressure, I'm sure to, to Lauren and cer- certainly as an actor in it. And I think what that ended up doing weirdly enough, but what I didn't expect was it kind of made us turn a little bit more inward towards each other and try mm-hmm. and sort of like shut it all out. Like while appreciating all the fan art and, and, you know, we never read any fan fiction, but just, you know, trying to really focus on making the best possible thing, uh, but not, necessarily playing to the crowd if 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 that makes sense and mm-hmm. and i think um that that was sort of a surprising uh way it unfolded for me and also like trusting the you know the timing of how everything happened because like as an actor in this i i remember when right when the bright sessions was ending i was like i don't want it to end i don't I, you know i love no. caleb so much but what was amazing is i had gone on this journey 
even just experience wise, I think it's sort of like mirrored Caleb's journey in the bright sessions. And then Lauren writes the book and then I get to kind of go back to the start and sort of approach it in a new medium. And then by the time the college tapes came around, I had enough distance from the character that I feel like I grew up a bunch that I could even, even to the way that I was like playing Caleb, even in just my, my voice, it was, it was different. It felt older. It was, it was trusting that process, trusting the timing, you know, just trusting how it all sort of unfolded, which I think was probably my favorite part of this entire experience was just like every, everything came at the right moment. I feel like, right, Lauren, it just, yeah. It just happened. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. And I think that like trust is, is the big, big word there. Cause I, I, I also totally agree that like one of the great things about having an audience and having audience feedback, which is something that really has only been, been possible in a huge way in the last like 15 years. Right. And especially with, with podcasts, with, you know, social media and, and, you know, email even and and things like that. Obviously, you get in person time with people at conventions and stuff like that. But you don't get the kind of like constant feedback that you you do on on social media in person. I think that it's so helpful to like, it's the 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 rabbit duck optical illusion, right? Like the you, you paint a rabbit and you show it to somebody and they're like, Oh, it's a duck. And and you're like, Well, no, it's, it's a rabbit. I painted a rabbit. And they're like, no, look, if you look at it this way, it's a duck. And you look at it that way and you're like, oh, you're right. It does look like a duck. <laughs> and I think that that's something that can be really beautiful about your own work. And there have been lots of things with the Bright Sessions where people are like, oh, this character is is this way, right? And I was like, well, I mean, sure. Why, why not? But like, <laughs> I, not? like, I can't say that that was my like authorial intent. And I, this is one of the things that I love about like headcanons and, and fan fiction and, and sort of transformative fandom is that you really can like apply whatever you want to to a character, to a world, and make it your own, and nobody can tell you that you're wrong, especially the author. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I feel like it true. also uh, draws out, like, Lauren, you would write something, and then maybe, like, the next season you would write something else, and then someone would sort of call out and be like, oh my god, she wrote that because it's sort of a callback to this, or it means this, and, like, Maybe it came from you subconsciously, but sometimes it was never sort of like an active. <laughs> oh yeah, thing. and it just sort oh, of definitely. Becomes, yeah, like oh no, I am a genius. Yes, that is. Yes, <laughs> Gabrielle Urbina and Sarah Shackett called it call it a retroactive cleverness. And there's like so many instances of like people being like, "Oh my god, that was such a smart parallel and callback." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yes. no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean that." But like, I did tr- try very hard to do this parallel, and nobody picked up on it. Like that's the grand irony of those things. But I think, so I, I think it's like, it's really great to see that perspective of someone else and then think about how that makes you feel about your own work, how well that sits w- with you in terms of, of, of the truthfulness around it. Um, but I think that to, to, to bring into your point about, about trust, I think that it's incredibly tempting and I definitely felt the inclination to do this and, and had to work hard to sort of steer away from it. When people start to respond positively to your work, mm-hmm. it's really easy to think like, well, great. I'll just give them more of what they like. Yep. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's how yeah. stories stagnate, right? Like that's how you end up sort of running in circles with your characters and your stories. And it can be very scary to like take a character from one stage or one arc into the next stage or arc because that might break the thing that 
that your listeners or your fans love about that character. I mean, the spinoffs may not be for everybody. And actually, I think I've seen Why online quite a, <laughs> quite a bit that some folks like, they were like, oh, I love the Bright Sessions, but mm, AM Archives is a little too different for my taste or, you know, even, you know, not wanting to spoil the, the college tapes, but where Caleb and Adam are in, in that spinoff, you know, it could have just been easy to just carry on as normal and be like, everything mm-hmm. is fine mm-hmm. between the two of them and just sort of go deeper. But I think what was really brave in the decisions that you made were to be like, no, we're going to, you know, toss it on its head and we've done the thing before. And now we're going to do something a little different and push these characters in, in different places and use different like narrative devices, which I think like, that's what was so exciting in past about these past uh, handful of years working on the spinoffs was, Oh, we get to do something really kind of experimental. Um, we yeah. like swung for the fences on some things that like there was no promise that it was going to work, but when it did work, it just was like you know, chef's kiss. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and 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 I think that that's like uh, you know, th- th- I think there have definitely been some like scratching of heads from some listeners around like why the AM archives and the college shapes are kind of like separate and siloed things. And it's probably because originally they were on, on Luminary, which, which paid for them. And now they're, um, they're out wisely. Mm-hmm. But, but even before sort of we, we made the deal with, with Luminary and I, I, you know, sort of knew how they were going to be structured. I knew even if we were going to be making them ourselves, that they would be a separate series because the bright sessions is, was like, I never wanted to be bigger than the cast of 12 that it was. And I never really wanted it to break out of format too much. We, we, you know, by the time we were in the fourth season, we were doing things like musical episodes. So it's like, you weren't listening (laughs) to like therapy sessions as a fly on the wall in the same way. But, but, you know, I think that there were some, some, some complaints from some listeners who got into the bright sessions when it got popular and, and were really loving the, the, the plot in season two. And then like, it wasn't a plot show because it never was meant to be a plot show in there. Like why, you know, like, why isn't there more action? Why aren't we going into the AM? Why aren't we doing these things? And it's like, oh, well, because every, you know, this is a therapy show. This is people talking about their emotions. Like that's what the whole show is about. So the whole show is just (laughs) going to be that. And we're going to grow with these characters and things are going to happen to them. But like, at the end of the day, the Bright Sessions is two people conversations in which like feelings are are felt right like that is the the premise of the bright sessions but i really did want like i also wanted to like go into the am and have some more actiony stuff and so with the am archives it was like well i want to do something that's kind of horror and that's kind of thriller and that's a lot more violent and that's a lot more challenging and involves a much larger cast and a different you know way of storytelling and so it just made sense to kind of make it an entirely diff- different series so that yeah the people who like were there just for the therapy sessions wouldn't be i wouldn't be promising them something that i wasn't going to deliver on with like you know oh season six of the bright sessions is the am archives but it's not actually the show that you think it is right or or, or it's this season six of the bright sessions but it's a totally different show and so i think that like the ability to make the AM archives and the college shapes, these continuations that fit within the the story of the bright sessions, but so, but separate enough that we really could break out of what we were doing without disappointing people by setting up the wrong expectation um, was really nice. Like being able to sort of reset those expect- expectations and reset your own storytelling 
modes, I think is like a really wonderful thing to do sometimes. Are, are you are you seeing the chat though? Because I just had a very intense reaction to oh, wait, Caleb no. Caleb Adam holiday special. <laughs> holiday just, special. <laughs> oh, I listen. Had a very intense reaction to that. <laughs> there, listen. There are like lots of holiday specials. We also have a Discord community, and uh, for for atypical, and uh, there has been uh, talk around the fright sessions, doing like a oh Halloween theme oh fright sessions, <laughs> a Halloween <special>. musical, <laughs> and oh my god. <laughs> And this that is dangerous. Yes, <laughs> that, that's what was discussed. And, and we, we launched our anniversaries on November 1st. And so yeah. I was like, maybe in like, you know, 2025 for our 10-year anniversary on Halloween, we'll do like a, you know, a Halloween special. But I don't, someone's got to give me money for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My yeah. kids are making the bright sessions good. for free and love or <laughs> sort of fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There and before you, you know it, you're going to be making like a beach episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Go a full anime <laughs> with a beach episode. Yeah. yeah. We'll just take so, this yeah, time very really quickly great. to call out um, some people in the chat. Just uh, Shannon, thank like people who have just been chatting. Um, the one who gave us the amazing idea for the Halloween musical or Halloween is, <laughs> I can't say this, A A Q F Q Y K R. I, I cannot begin to pronounce what that might be but um and of course caribou shannon lanice and uh yes um those are the people in the chat right now thank you for listening and yeah yeah and yeah and uh yeah it's really important that you yeah like um i agree like it's really important to draw a line between like yeah playing to the audience but also being open to their feedback so that's really great advice thanks for that um so something Motsi and I are curious about um you both are such prolific creatives and this is something we like to ask uh, everyone we round table in uh, round table with um so what other podcasts or media are you into right now um, yeah, what do what do the bright sh- sessions creators uh, like to listen to? Mm-hmm. You know, I was Jeez. just uh, I actually just got to see uh, Felix Trench of uh, Wooden Overcoats the other day, or just over the weekend, Ooh. and I was raving to him every, every time I hang out with them. I like <laughs> rave to him of just how much I love Wooden Overcoats, and I know that they just uh we're working on it on a new season and and like i'm just i i will rave about that show forever um and i feel i always feel like that's my boring answer because i say it every time someone asks me but like i'm just so in love with wooden overcoats at all times um it is and then probably beyond that i've been huge into uh my husband and i ended up falling in love with for I mean, not podcast, but we've we've been watching uh, Young Royals a couple of times on Netflix, <laughs> which is this amazing queer show. And we ended ended up falling in love with uh, a show out of the uh, Philippines uh, called Game Boys, which we just like absolutely became obsessed. Oh, that's with. cool! Yeah, like huge, Ooh. hugely into it. Um, so there's a lot of good queer content out there that I'm I'm loving. There really is. It's it's. And there's just, there's so, I mean, there's so much content, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's the the great challenge all the time. I, I have, I will be honest, I haven't listened to like a lot of fiction podcasts recently, just because I've been in, in post-production on various shows for like 
months that it's like i've just been listening to the same <laughs> episodes of my show over and over and over again that like wow lauren some, you're obsessed with yourself oh i know I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> um they're, they're definitely like i get, definitely go through these phases when i'm in post-production where like because the fiction listening i'm doing is to give notes i like then cannot consume fiction podcasts without like being a producer about it you know which is not how i want to like engage with other people's work right i don't want to be like oh actually like you know like this is like you could tighten the, the pacing here or like i would have maybe put this put this sound over here um and, and it's just like it's that automatic sort of brain that i that i get into sometimes when i'm in post-production that being said i i am um catching up on join the party which is a fantastic uh, D real play podcast um which is like you know actual plays are always like a great way for me to engage with with fiction that's like different because it's not scripted right it's, it's improvised it's, it's collaborative storytelling it's a little bit different um but one one podcast i always do love to to shout out um that that i did not produce because oftentimes with fiction podcasts these days it's like it feels like i'm, I'm <laughs> i was involved in some way um is fan wars by shanae howard um it's a a rivals to to lovers um rom-com that is just phenomenal and so funny and so sweet <sighs> Um, and I want more rom-coms in the space. I, I produced one last year um, that was directed by Shanae, actually, and by um, Octavia Bray, who's one of the writers on AM Archives and is a brilliant creator called Life with Leo. And, and so th that space is really exciting Leo. me right now. Um, and in terms of non-podcast non things, um, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> so much. It's been really great. Because, you know, I think video games have, like, sort of an interesting mode of audio storytelling sometimes that I can learn a lot of things from. And then the the TV show that like I will always shout out because I think that if you are a fan of of, of my work, the Bright Session specifically, you will like the show is Sex Education on Netflix. Uh. It is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such a good show. I think I finished the latest season like just a few weeks ago. It's so good. Nice. I watched it in it's like so a good. day. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, and so I have a yeah, I have a kind of like a fun question. So I think um yeah, there was a I think there was talk like some years ago about the bright sessions turning into a being developed as a TV show. Is what? that correct? What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, who, like who said that? Oh yeah, it's on the internet. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was just one of those, uh, you know, from the rumor well, mill, the but internet never it. really confirmed. <laughs> the, the internet said it. Internet yeah, we, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like um, the most accurate source for anything. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the, the, yeah. So, it, 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 it. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, it's a, it's fine. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, so so that is that is technically true. <laughs> um, I say technically <gasps> just because, like. Yes. TV development is uh, a so real fun and quick. trick. Yeah, so fun, <laughs> so quick, so effortless. Especially it's a very you know, snappy three years to get. Yeah, it especially when a when a pandemic. Oh my god! I mean, three years is a lightning. That's speed. true. That's yeah. actually really true. Actually, like yeah, um, and and obviously like 2020. So you know, without I, there's not that much I can say about it, but like sort of the spring of of. 2020 was really when things were starting to like come together and there was going to be a, a big sort of push of, of pitching and things like that and you know this you know this thing happened in 2020 that kind of slowed things down for a little while and and now there's just a a, a very 
TV is just in a very weird space right now because the, the buying market is, is very different than it was before the pandemic because of the pandemic. And, and so, you know, well, it that's is a development. Why you I, me- I'm not necessarily uh, holding my breath about it. <laughs> Well, you told me because of everything that you're you're now sort of shaping it to be part Ted Lasso, part Squid Games, right? <gasps> yeah, exactly. Everybody dies. Yeah. I, love, yeah. I love Ted Lasso <laughs> so much. Actually, I feel like a Brandon's TV show in the, in the tone of Ted Lasso would not be yeah. misguided. <laughs> uh, I would not complain. I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't either. I would, but, I, it is something I would love to see on TV someday. Um, but I, I definitely feel like it, it's, in, it's in fantastic hands um, in terms of, of the people involved with it, the producers and the, and the writers and stuff. Um, but I, I, it's so funny. My excitement around it is really more as a viewer than as a creator. Like Because I sort of feel like I've, especially now that the final book of The Bright Sessions is out, like I, I definitely feel like, all right, I, I've told the story with this that I want to tell. And now I just kind of like want to watch someone else take a swing at it. Cause I think that'd be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really and exciting. yeah, I just want to ask like, like uh, as you were writing or as you were voicing the characters, are there like certain actors you imagined would play your characters like fan on cast. a TV show? Yeah. Like your fan cast, you, you can say yourself. That's fine too. No, I mean, like, honestly, like, I have a very hard time picturing anybody that's not the cast. Um, I, I think, like, there's lots of people who could play Sam that I would, I would, I would not want to play Sam in a TV show. I would not want to, I, I'm, I, she and, she and I had a great time together. But uh, I think that, like, playing a version of yourself, you know, is, is only sort of interesting and, and fun and not, you know, totally soul crushing for so long. Um, Lauren was so generous. She said she's going to put the, the whole TV budget in de-aging me so I can just uh, play no, no, no. It'd be terrible. We have the technology. Uh, we can do it. Gemini <laughs> man. Technology. I always did tell, I told Lauren, because like my, my involvement in this is just sort of like, oh, I'm a fan. It'd be super cool to see this thing happen. Like, I was like, it'd be so cool to like cameo and like, you know, you will be yeah, able to have an interaction with Caleb because there's there's no way. I feel like my voice, yeah. what, what, like pulling it back to podcasts, what I think has been really great about this is there are so many roles uh, that are like Caleb that I just never would have had the opportunity to do otherwise in, in sort of like live action. Um, so it's been really great to play this role. But like if this if the bright sessions had come out as like a TV show, not a podcast, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been playing Caleb and I would have been excited to see yeah. who would have been playing that. So I think, you know, it's, it's the, the medium sort of dictating who would be in those things, but we've, we've definitely had fun sort of like thinking about what it could be, but yeah, definitely. I don't think Lauren and I would ever be playing our role. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, I say like, I can't imagine anybody else, in in the the roles and that is true but there there are certain roles that like just could not be played by the actors in the podcast like you and alex caleb is a teenager he's he's 16 (laughs) and when the show starts and and like you know charlie is so perfect for damien in voice but in in my personal view of how i see damien's character charlie is way too handsome to play damien which also (laughs) is an interesting thing to talk about when it comes to the podcast because i was thinking about this the other day because there's there's tons of fan art tons of head canons of what the characters look Mm -hmm. like and i think over over the years i couldn't even tell you what my head canon for these characters are because i really thought about like being in recordings and when i think of adam 
I think of Alex, you know, I think of Sam, I, th I think mm -hmm. of, of Lauren, because those are the experience. That's how I interface with the show is by recording, not by listening to it. Um, so it is, it is super interesting to the difference between how people interpret the characters versus like, you know, the person who is across from me has always been, you know, if I'm doing a scene with, with Andrew, like that's, that's Mark. So it's, it's, uh, it, live action brings on a whole layer to it because that would sort of like really solidify those characters. One of mm -hmm. the funny things about about writing the books is like, so we've done these like fan art contest contests with Tortine and also like the each of the book covers, the um, the three novels in, in the world of the Bright Sessions have characters on the cover. And so like for my publisher, I've needed to write out descriptions of what the characters look like. And I swear to you, I like when they asked when they asked me, I was like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> and like, after, like, like writing a book in which like these people are, are described. But it's because, and, the, and the exception to that actually was in In Neon Darkness. There's a bunch of characters on the cover and the characters I'd be easiest time describing were the characters that were created for that novel. But like Damien and Caleb and Adam and Rose, I really had to sit down and be like, what do these characters look like? Because it, it, exactly like it, it's I picture your voices i don't really i my headcanons of what these characters look like has changed so much over the it's years. voice specific that's a perfect yeah. way to put it it's like when when i these characters are the voices and the voices don't necessarily equal what they look like mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. so it's 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 so that is a perfect way to put it yeah because you're writing to voice yeah exactly <laughs> it's the magic voice acting and also when you said um uh, he's a high schooler. You can't play him. I thought, well, you, that didn't stop dear Evan Hansen. But anyway, but yeah, so, okay. So since we're kind of like coming on to our last 10 ish minutes, give or take, and this has been a, like a wonderful discussion and everything, but I did want to ask you guys and give you guys a chance to um, hype up things that you want to hype up or things you're working on or things you're excited for in the future that you're allowed to talk about. I feel like, you know, no NDAs or anything um it would be super cool especially for your fans for people who are maybe new to your stuff but still want to get into it because you've got so much amazing content that i was very excited to look to, to see <laughs> so yeah like hype hype yourselves up you deserve it well what are you working on yeah like any yeah current or future projects that you want to let the people know about um, yeah i've okay. retired yeah. <laughs> okay, bye, no, you're done. Yeah, That's the yeah, project. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you've actually had a, a, a more recent release than I have. Yeah, my little my little scrappy pods for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, throughout like, well, yeah, I released two. Yeah, geez, um, I, I ended up putting out a show called Look Up, which is uh, this LGBT uh romance coming of age uh story that takes place on a beach every night between these two boys um and it was really a really contained uh show that i'm very very proud of uh another one called roommates which is sort of like a pandemic era podcast Ooh. of again two two guys stuck in a dorm together who do not like each other um there's what only could one possibly day. happen <laughs> what could happen um and definitely and what's cool is sort of like springing off of that is you know i, I was definitely in this this feeling of oh i want to really write some romance stuff you know i i was i was watching young royals uh game boys i was in this sort of i, I read the gravity of us by phil stamper which i loved and and getting into a lot of uh queer books and so i wanted to really exercise that but 
what's been really exciting is um, off of that, I ended up getting cast in the show called Badlands Cola, which I'm going to be oh. playing a role. It's going to be coming out early next year, but I'm playing a role that is so far from the stuff I've done in the past and is like super scary. Cause it's, it's, you know, I've been playing a lot of these younger characters and it's, I get to play someone who is like in my age, which is uh, super, super fun. So that's uh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some, there's a couple of cool, very gay shows out there that <laughs> I've, I've put out this past year. And uh, yeah. And then there's going to be a little bit more um, older, jaded dry character uh that's going to be coming out uh like february march of also very gay no, I'm kidding. yeah <laughs> i mean everything that oh, i'm doing hope. i always kind of am like yeah i mean the writer made it a straight but like oh. in my mind oh no yeah, it's all so gay. sad <laughs> listen we love our old gay okay <laughs> that's so exciting though oh my gosh definitely gonna check that out yeah I follow you on Twitter, so I'm like, you know, like I'll I'll see when when it comes. Oh my down. gosh! Yeah, I gotta. Yeah. So exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And Lauren, do you have anything that you hype up? Yeah. Um. Well, so if you if you want to just sort of get into atypical artist shows and and, and sort of my and Brigham's work in general, um, if you go to atypical artists on Twitter or Instagram, it's the it's the pinned tweet at, or an Instagram highlight called like pod matcher and it sort of like does like a little like if you're looking for this kind of story here's you know our shows that that do these tropes within these, these stories and so it's like a, a little like choose your own adventure of um of of our podcast you can find like a good one to start with if you're if you're new to this space or learn more about our other shows you haven't listened to yet um so go check that out at atypical artists on both platforms um and in terms of my own stuff, um, what I'm working on right now is the, the show I'm in post-production on that I mentioned is a show called Maxine Miles that mm-hmm. is a YA mystery show that I really can't say anything else about right now with the exception of it's got a fantastic cast, uh, including Brigham Snow, um, <gasps> playing a teenager again. <laughs> that's he's what in that's this? Like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's, he's really hard to work with, but it's worth it. <laughs> Very kind of cast, yeah. <laughs> Um, and that should be coming out early next year. Um, so stay tuned for that. And then the other thing that I'm working on right now is season two of Bridgewater, um, which is a show that I did with Aaron Menke of the Lore podcast. Um, earlier this year, it came out in August, the first season. And it's starring Misha Collins, Melissa Ponzio, Nathan Fillion, like just an incredible wow. cast of people. Um, and, I, and I'm writing, I just sent Aaron the second script yesterday. And it's sort of what we were talking about earlier it's been so fun and also like scary to write the second season because I wrote, I wrote the first season a, a while ago and then it sort of got you know delayed because of we held things for a while because we were hoping to record in person and then you know when it became clear that that was not going to be a possibility for a while we you know jumped in and recorded it earlier this year um but I wrote it you know collaborating with with Aaron but having not necessarily knowing who was going to be cast yet, not knowing how it was going to be received. It was my first swing at, at horror. It's a spooky show about the Bridgewater Triangle, this, this haunted area of Massachusetts. Um, and now with the second season, it's like the first season had a great response. And so now there's that like expectation, that feeling of like, oh God, people now have opinions and they're looking in on this. And so I'm self-conscious about writing it. But also I've worked with all these actors now. And so getting to write towards like Misha's voice or Nathan's voice or Melissa's voice has been really, really fun. Um, just sort of knowing going into it that I can uh, now tailor it to the ways that they like approach the characters in the first season. So that's been a lot of fun. 
Oh, here's Lauren. Um, she's like flexing on us by calling them by first name basis. Nisha, <laughs> you know, just Nathan. writing for Nathan. <laughs> yeah, just, just you know, no, just, just friends with Nathan. You know, they're all lovely people. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that's so amazing. And yeah, like um, I guess my last question. I, not really even a question. It's kind of just like. Uh, it's not even an like. Why do I say icebreaker at the end of an, ep- at the end of an episode? <laughs> Let's get to know each other. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just wanted to say, like, um, when I was looking at like all your work and all the stuff that you've both done, it's kind of like looking at some where we want to be. <laughs> it's kind of in the future, which is like, I hope you know, like, how big an inspiration you are to a lot of people, because that's genuinely like. I know sometimes the work can get overwhelming, but it's something you're really proud of. But I think it's amazing, like, what you guys have achieved in in objectively a short amount of time. Like, it may feel like the, the last year may have felt like two decades. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. looking, at, <laughs> looking at all your accomplishments, you, you guys have done so much in the last couple of years. And even though we've had to put a pause on, well, not necessarily put a pause, because even the pandemic has seen a lot of growth and everything. But, um, yeah, like, what are you seeing for your future in the podcast space, but also not just the podcast space, but in general, like not just projects. Like, what are you, what are you kind of like hoping to, like, if you, because for a lot of people, the, you're living the dream. But what's your dream as you right now, both you, Brigham, and you, Lauren? I mean, first Gosh. of all, thank you so much for, for yeah. saying that. That really, really means a lot. And and <laughs> it does, it does feel like both like a very long time and a very short time. Like, I still feel like I am, and just getting started in terms of like, you know, scrappily making things and then fighting for funding and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but then also, you know, when I talk to other people in the fiction space, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a fossil. Like I, I, you know, it's, it's such a new space still that, that, you know, anybody who's sort of been in it for more than like three or four years has been around forever. Um, but I, I think I'm I, like, honestly, my sort of dreams for the future are, are very, very simple in the sense that just like, I want to, continue to be able to make a living from fiction podcasting, which, you know, I think from the outside sounds like it should be pretty easy to accomplish because it's, it's like, yeah, like, oh, no. you know, look at all the stuff that you've done. And like, you know, you are, yeah, you are living the, the dream of, of, of getting funding for these projects and stuff. And it's, that is true. But oftentimes the funding is such that like, I don't get paid for the thing, right? Like it gets made, but like, I don't necessarily make money. Um, just, you know, on the hope of eventually it'll be sold into books or TV or whatever, and I'll get a paycheck on the other end. Um, and I I think sort of having having written books, having gone sort of through the TV development process and all that kind of stuff, I like, I definitely want to, I'm doing NaNoWriMo, you know, it's like I'm always sort of working on a novel in the background. And I, I, I there are lots of mediums that I want to try my hand at, like TV, like video games. Um, but I think I really love audio fiction. Like I love the, the format. I love the industry. I love the community. And so I just want to find a sustainable way to like actually have fiction podcasts make money, which is the biggest challenge that's facing fiction podcasts right now. Like it's very, very hard to monetize fiction podcasts in a sustainable way that it that then like keeps the show on but also pays you (laughs) and so if I can crack that nut then I'll be living the then I'll be living the dream (laughs) that's all of our dreams yeah and yeah you bring in I think for me it's it's less about uh, like specifically the medium I I think 
it's it's interesting. I, I just saw like a, a tweet the other day from from an actor I I like for a while. His name's Josh Molina. He was in like West Wing, a, a, a bunch of stuff. But he tweeted out that like 32 years ago, uh, he was in A Few Good Men on Broadway, and he said that that was his first role, and it's his favorite role that he's ever done. And I, I think for me, the Bright Sessions is that feeling that I'm constantly chasing. Uh, it, that sense of like collaboration and community and working with people that you just love so dearly and being in a role that you feel like you get to exercise and transform within uh, and like changes your life. And, and I think, you know, I, by randomly getting into podcasts because of Lauren through this, this role, I feel like she, she spoiled me with this entire experience <laughs> because that's sort of the, the watermark for everything moving forward, even outside of podcasts. I, I think, you know, with my aspirations of, I've always wanted to do animation. And of course I want to do, you know, more movies and TV and all that. But I, I think the core of it, regardless of, of the medium is just chasing that fulfillment and that feeling. Um, and, yeah, having having this be the most impactful thing that I have been a part of uh, has been beautiful and also massively frustrating because everything else is just sort of weighed against this experience. And and I think you know I, I hope to always be working with with Lauren, and I think that's where I'm going to continue to get that experience because like the the people that she magnetizes and and brings in to the projects are just like some of the absolute best human beings and creatives I've just ever had the the pleasure to to play with so uh long-winded answer but I I'm just it's always chasing that feeling it's and mm -hmm. and I may I may never get that exact thing but gosh, I hope I get close to it, you know? <laughs> I totally understand. And yeah, like, um, you'll always hope that the best days of your life aren't over, you know? <laughs> like, you'll always hope that you'll get more best days of your life um, as time goes on. And yeah, yeah, I think you will, because you guys are these wonderful, vibrant people who, you know, just, you make it happen, you know? Even if you're not, it's not going to land in your lap, you're going to make it happen. So thank you so much for joining us today, because this was a wonderful yeah. talk. This um, was, thank you. Uh, this Thanks was for amazing. having us. Mm -hmm. It was so great and, to chat. Yeah, it was. And yeah, like, I mean, we did like kind of briefly, like we, we chat, uh, Brigitte and I, we were able to do one for the original yeah. Storytelling Podcast mm -hmm. Week. And with Lauren, we oh, briefly, but I think we were doing short stories that day. So it was kind of just um, not necessarily a discussion for too long. But yeah, it's wonderful to get you guys in the discussion now. And I hope you guys had fun kind of chatting about yourselves and about like the podcast world in general so thank you again for joining us today yeah thank oh you gosh, for joining you. us this thanks was wonderful us. you guys are both wonderful and yeah thanks for all the podcast advice and uh, you know we'll take them to heart and everything mm -hmm. hopefully like, hopefully we can be where you are at right now <laughs> absolutely <laughs> can't, oh can't wait to listen to your stuff yeah, you do next. Thank you so much. And yeah, ah, like, so um, much pressure. It's, 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 it's midnight where Reg is right now because oh my um, gosh, North oh my America gosh. decided daylight savings time is a good idea. Oh, so right. <laughs> we had a nice clean twelve hours, and now it's like thirteen hours. So 
Oh man. Yeah. Well, we'll go to sleep. Yeah, we have to do more math. <laughs> yeah, we have to do more calculating math the time zones. Oh it's no. Almost time. Almost time for bed. Well, I'm going to read our brief outro. And before I do, um, we do have episodes of the college tapes. The first episode of the season is here on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel. And we also have the first three episodes of Roommates. So check those out as well. And thank you everyone for joining us for this live stream, the November Roundtable, hosted by Motsi Doppel and Reg Helly of the High Night Podcast with Lauren Shippen of Atypical Artists and Brigham Snow, as they've talked all about the latest season of The Bright Sessions, The College Tapes. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live streamed sessions just like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction podcasts from around the world and across our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel for free. If you join late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters, you can replay this live stream on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this session, you can see we also offer the ability to directly live stream from the app to your audience. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to having you for our next live storytelling podcast week episode Tuesday, December 14th at 10 a.m. Eastern with Helen Gould, Alex Wool, and Morgan Givens from Rusty Quill. Thanks so much, everybody.